All right, welcome. Welcome to the very first episode of the Truth Storm Podcast. And the beginning of the renaming and rebranding of my YouTube channel as well. <clears throat> so this is going to be a process. The name of my YouTube channel was, well, is currently uh, Deplorable Bostonian. I am, as I said, going to be rebranding, renaming the YouTube channel to Truth Storm. So, as I said, that's going to be a process. And uh, I'll keep you guys posted on, on all that as I, as I go. But, like I said, pretty exciting. This is the Truth Storm podcast, and this is the very first episode. So, welcome, and I hope you guys enjoy the show. So, we're going to start off today. We're going to talk about a couple different things today, but I'm going to start off with uh, Tommy Robinson. Tommy Robinson was released from a prison in the U.K., Earlier this week, uh, last week, Tommy Robinson was released from a UK prison, and that was after being arrested, tried, convicted, sentenced, and sent away all in the span of just a few short hours that happened in May of this year. And so, maybe you're asking, you know, what did this man do? What did Tommy do? Uh, surely he had to do something terrible, you know, theft? Nah. Grand larceny, maybe, rape, perhaps, maybe even murder? Well, the answer to all those questions would be no. He did none of those things. The actual answer is much more terrifying, much more alarming to anyone who values their freedom, to anyone who holds those freedoms and their rights near and dear to their heart. Earlier this year, Tommy Robinson was arrested and put in jail for trying to cover the trial of a Muslim grooming gang, or in other words, a Muslim rape gang. That's a gang of Muslim men who go around and kidnap young women, usually young girls. So they kidnap these young girls, they uh, prepare them, usually they get them hooked on drugs, they threaten to kill them, they beat them, they rape them, they sell them to men for sex, and it's basically just a life of torture, sexual, and physical abuse. So, that's what Tommy Robinson was, was trying to do. He was trying to cover a trial of a Muslim rape gang. And really, the trial was already over. The men, had, um, the men had already been convicted, and what Tommy was actually attempting to cover was the sentencing portion of that trial. And for doing this, for being outside, for, for being outside a public space, outside of a court on a public street, on a public street corner, while speaking out loud and live-streaming, he was arrested. Uh, I believe there was like seven or eight police officers there. He was loaded into a paddy wagon, taken before a judge, tried without any opportunity to retain a decent lawyer or come up with any kind of decent defense for himself. He was found guilty and sentenced to 13 months in prison. And then 
he was hired away to that prison. And the whole series of events took less than, I believe, six hours. Six hours from the time he was arrested to the time he was sentenced and hurried off to uh, a prison. So once he was sentenced, the judge then placed a gag order on the media preventing anyone in the UK from reporting on what had happened to Tommy. And that's particularly strange because gag orders, which are a whole nother issue that I'll, I'll get into at some other time, because they're, I mean, this was in the UK, but we do have them here in the United States, although it's not anything like they have in, in, in the UK, but gag orders are a whole nother issue that I'll, I'll cover, I'll talk about at some other time. Anyways, though, so it's particularly strange because gag orders are ordinarily put on cases that are high-profile cases. They put gag orders on the media to keep them from being on to keep cases from being reported on to uh, quote unquote prevent the jury pool from being tainted. However, Tommy had already been tried, convicted, and sentenced in what was a mock trial in that kangaroo court. So there was no jury pool to, to taint, and therefore no need for the gag order. No, that, that judge wanted to bury Tommy, and he wanted to bury any story on what had happened. He, he wanted to prevent any reporting on what had happened to Tommy. He didn't want anybody to talk about it. He didn't want anyone to know what had happened to Tommy or where he had been sent. So in order to prevent anyone from having any knowledge of what had happened, that is the reason that judge placed the gag order. Um, oh, and so we, we, we later found out from Tommy's cameraman and manager, Kalen Robertson, he did, Kaylin Robertson did an interview with Alex Jones from InfoWars, and we found out from Kaylin Robertson that the judge who sent Tommy to prison was the same judge who was presiding over the rape gang trial, and that very same judge had looked Tommy in the eye in the courtroom and told Tommy that, <laughs> this is scary, that freedom of speech comes with consequences. Uh, now those, those are six very frightening words indeed. Orwellian, authoritarian, totalitarian, pick an adjective people, but either way, there's six words that you do not want to hear coming from anyone with any type of authority. Uh, and you don't want to hear them coming from anyone in the government, whether it be here in the US, or in the UK. Uh, you don't want to hear it, hear those words coming from anyone in the executive, legislative, or the judicial branch. And let's just be honest, it's, it's not exactly outside the realm of possibility for this type of thing to happen here in the United States. Um, we're already seeing similar things happen here. Not to the same extremes, 
But we're, we're definitely seeing similar things happen here. Uh, and as a matter of fact, that's a great way to segue into the, next to uh, into the next topic that I wanted to cover and the next part of the show, which is the censorship of Alex Jones from Infowars.com. The big tech purge of the biggest conservative, libertarian, pro-free speech, pro-Second Amendment, pro-Americana, pro-Trump radio and news host out there. And the mainstream media absolutely cannot stand, they cannot stand that Alex Jones and Infowars, with just a fraction of the crew and the money and the resources, can reach hundreds of thousands of more people than, than they can. InfoWars has a larger following than CNN, than MSNBC, than ABC, CBS. Uh, I mean, CNN is competing with, you know, the Home Gardening Network. <laughs> I mean, CNN's got nobody left. Nobody trusts the mainstream media anymore. And um, the mainstream media, the establishment, globalist, mainstream media elites, quote-unquote, they cannot stand that people like Alex Jones or Mark Dice or uh, Steven Crowder, uh, Mark Levin, they, they can't stand that any of these people who are internet radio hosts, they can't stand that these people with nothing for money and resources and crew compared to, to them are getting hundreds of thousands of more hits online than they are. And as I'm sure you probably heard by now over the past few days, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Apple, have removed over 10 years worth of Alex Jones content. Uh, but no, it didn't stop there. The technocracy is growing in power because now his show has also been totally removed from iTunes radio app. Uh, they've removed him from Stitcher and Spotify, and they've even banned his profile from LinkedIn. And the email company Mailship, uh, which is the company that Alex Jones and InfoWars uses to send out his newsletter. They've also canceled his subscription as well, so his newsletter, <laughs> his newsletter isn't going out anymore. The good thing about all of this is uh, Alex Jones was prepared for all this. He's got backups for backups for backups. So if you're a fan, if you're a watcher, a listener, you can still find him, you can still watch, you can still listen. You can still find his app, the InfoWars app on Android. I have Android. I have uh, Samsung Galaxy, so I still have the app on my phone. It still works. I have a Samsung phone. I have a Samsung tablet. The app is still available, and it still works. It still functions iPhone guys, Apple users, I don't know what to tell you. Get rid of your Apple products. I did a long time ago. I'm just not an Apple fan. But um, <laughs> now I'm definitely not. See, 
these the these big tech companies they're uh, oh but before I before I keep going Twitter also has not banned Alex Jones um, Jack Dorsey went on Sean Hannity's radio show the other day and said that um, he's actually taken a lot of flack from the other big tech companies but uh, Jack Dorsey said that he's not banning Alex Jones, that Alex Jones and Infowars have not violated their terms of service, um, and that's that. So um, I actually I got to give him a little bit of credit because he's taken some heat from his colleagues in, uh, in the big tech worlds. I mean, I'm not going to give him too much credit because Twitter has, has had their own shit going on lately they've uh they've been shadow banning a lot of people a lot of republicans uh a lot of republican congressmen uh, i know i'm qfd banned on twitter i know a lot of people that i interact with on twitter are either shadow banned or qfd banned but um you know at least he didn't ban alex completely um, he's not banning Alex at all. Uh, whether or not Alex is shadow banned, I'm not sure. I haven't checked yet, but um, I will be. So, moving on. These big tech companies like Facebook are claiming that they banned Alex Jones in Infowars after their users, after other users, complained that. Alex Jones and Infowars published content that possessed, quote, dehumanizing language to describe people who are transgender, Muslims, and immigrants, which violates our hate speech policies. But, you know, let's not kid ourselves here. We all know that that's a complete load of bullshit. We all know that it's because of what side of the political spectrum Alex Jones falls on. We all know that what determines how you get treated on social media is whether you're on the left or the right. If you're on the left, you can do whatever you want, you can say whatever you want, and there's no consequences. If you're on the right, you can pretty much not say anything without fear of being reported having your account locked on you, having your account shut down, being forced to remove videos, having videos demonetized, and a whole host of other issues and punishments that you have to deal with because of your political opinions. And you know something, this isn't the first time that a conservative has been banned or censored on social media. You know, Tommy Robinson was banned from Twitter last year, as was Milo Yiannopoulos. But Tommy Robinson was also banned from Instagram just last week, right around the time he was getting out of prison. And um, he was banned for, quote, hateful conduct. But um, from what I've seen... Uh, his Instagram is back up, for now anyway. 
Um, like I just said, Milo Yiannopoulos is still banned from Twitter for racism and homophobia, <laughs> which is ironic because Milo Yiannopoulos is a gay guy who likes black men. So um, I don't know. Figure that one out. Explain that to me. How a gay guy who likes black men is banned from Twitter for racism and homophobia. Uh, not sure exactly how that works, but uh, if somebody could explain that to me, that would be great. But uh, YouTube has demonetized and limited uh, channels, uh, the channels of um, Mark Dice, Dennis Prager, Ben Shapiro, Dave Rubin, uh, Diamond and Silk were banned from Facebook a few months ago and went in front of Congress to testify about it. And that set off a series of congressional hearings on Facebook and about their censorship uh, practices <laughs> and their discrimination against conservatives. And it's just been just a whole shit show uh, when it comes to tech companies and their treatment of those of us on the right. And just recently, Facebook took down a GOP candidate's ads for supposedly being offensive. Twitter was caught shadow banning conservative Republican Congressman Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, uh, Devin Nunes, Mark Meadow, and the RNC chair chairwoman, Ron, uh, Ronna McDaniel. So now the argument that Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and the rest of these big tech companies are making and the people defending them are making is that, um, oh, you know, they're just private companies, and because they're a private company, um, they have the right to do whatever they want, and they can refuse service to whoever they want. Um, and that's a good spin argument. And, you know, it's funny how quickly they're positions change because not too long ago there was a Christian baker who refused to bake a cake for a homosexual wedding because it was against his religion. It was against his religious values. And everyone on the left was fighting against this man saying that he had to bake this cake for this man. And this, this, this baker had a private company and he was refusing service based on his religious rights. He has a right to practice his religion. And, um, you know, it wasn't even that he was completely refusing service. He had served homosexuals before. He, he didn't have a problem serving, uh, you know, someone who was gay. Um, you know, he would bake whatever for a homosexual. That wasn't the issue. He would not customize the cake for them. I think they wanted to put two grooms on the top of the cake or something, 
he just didn't want to customize the cake for them. Um, that was it. That was the fight. And now their position has completely changed. Now their position is that this private, these private companies, these big tech companies are private companies and they have the right to refuse service, to ban or block or, like I said, refuse service to whomever they want. Um, but that's, that's also a, a complete misnomer. Big tech companies have become absolute behemoths, and they've monopolized the entire industry, engulfing all the content that they can. And now they're conspiring with the mainstream media organizations, with Hollywood, with establishment Democrats, and with uh, with Rhino Republicans. And um, you know, however, they've become more of a public utility. And I personally think that they should be treated as such, especially since the censorship only seems to be going in one direction. Uh, they're shadow banning, they're blocking, they're canceling and locking out and deleting conservative and libertarian pro-America, pro-Trump accounts only. Uh, and believe me, I'm a libertarian. So, I, I want, I absolutely want less government. I do not want more. I do not want more regulations. I don't want government reaching into more aspects of my life. However, if regulations placed on these tech giants out in Silicon Valley are the only thing that will wake them up, and get them to stop censoring people and stop trampling on the First Amendment, then that's what's going to have to happen. Because, you see, this fight is not about Alex Jones. It's not about InfoWars. It's much bigger than that. Alex Jones is just... He's just a proverbial canary in the coal mine. He's a test case. They want to see how it works out because they know that if they can ban InfoWars, if they can ban Alex Jones, if they can get rid of him, if they can make him an unperson, and they can do it successfully, then they can ban anyone and everyone whose opinions they do not like and they do not agree with. There's a lot of very powerful people who aren't even trying to hide the fact that they don't want to stop at Alex Jones. They want all conservatives, all libertarians, and anyone who's got a pro-America or a pro-Trump message gone. This is truly a fight for our freedom, a fight for our First Amendment rights, and a fight for our Constitution. You know, there's a leaked Democrat proposal that reveals a detailed plan to take complete control of the internet and purge information or opinions that they either don't like or don't agree with. And they would also require social media users to be tracked and labeled according to how reasonable their content is deemed to be. Democrat Senator from Kentucky, 
Chris Murphy showed the Democrats' hand on this one the other day when he tweeted, quote, InfoWars is a tip of a giant iceberg of hate and lies. That site uses... That site uses sites like Facebook and YouTube to tear our nation apart. These companies must do more than take down one website. The survival of our democracy depends on it. What a load of crap. No, Senator. The First Amendment exists to protect everyone's freedom of speech, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with them or not. You know, people often misattribute this quote to Voltaire, but it was actually Evelyn Beatrice Hall who wrote the words, I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. She wrote those words in her book, The Friends of Voltaire. You know, people are forgetting the most valuable aspect of the First Amendment, in my opinion anyway, and that is the most important speech that we need to protect is unpopular speech, or speech that you disagree with. Popular speech and popular ideas, they really have no reason to be protected, because there's not much of a push to censor them or get rid of them. But it's the speech that you or I find disgusting. It's the speech that you or I find disheartening. The speech that we disagree with or that we wholeheartedly despise. That is the speech. That is exactly the speech that everyone should be fighting to protect. Because what are popular opinions and accepted expressions of speech today, they may become unpopular expressions of speech and unpopular opinions tomorrow. And then, because you didn't stand up and fight for free speech of others, even though you didn't agree with what they were saying, where will you stand? What position will you be in to argue for your own right to free speech tomorrow? If you didn't stand up and fight for everyone's right to say what they think, to express their opinions and their values, what position will you be in to defend your own right to free speech when there's a push to censor you? Me, I'll defend anyone's right to say anything. Whatever they want, I don't care. Whether I disagree with you or not, whether I find what you're saying to be ignorant uninformed, disgusting, it doesn't matter. There's only a, a few small exceptions to that rule for me. I will not support people inciting others to commit acts of violence against others. I, will not ins uh, I, I won't defend somebody inciting people to riot or commit any type of other crime, um, none of which is protected under the First Amendment. Um, 
I won't support any type of defamatory or libelous statements, which obviously are lies that are made up purposely to destroy another per uh, another person's reputation or business. Um, that's also not protected by the First Amendment, and you can be sued for it. And lastly, I don't support the media lying or making things up to fit a biased narrative, rather than following facts and reporting on them like journalists are supposed to. But other than that, I don't care who you are or what you say, how you say it, who you criticize, whatever. Like I said, even if I disagree with you, even if I disagree with you 100%, I will absolutely defend your right to say it. But at the same time, you should also expect me to exercise my First Amendment right to free speech, to call you out if I disagree with you, to comment on what you're saying and argue the other side, to argue my opinion, to argue my values. It's not just on social media platforms where conservatives and libertarians and supporters of the president are being censored and attacked, but it's happening in person as well. I'm sure you all remember <clears throat> the riots at UC Berkeley last year surrounding the speeches of Ben Shapiro and Milo Yiannopoulos. Ann Coulter has been banned from speaking at more college campuses that I can count. So is Jordan Peterson. Uh, just about a month or two ago, Steven Crowder had someone post his location on Facebook and incite violence by encouraging people to firebomb his vehicle. And yet another individual threatened to slash his tires. Uh, like I said, all of this was done on Facebook and YouTube, which definitely violates their terms of service. But... Last time I looked, those accounts were still active, which goes to my point that the left doesn't suffer any consequences. They are able to do and say what they, whatever they want on social media, uh, while the right has to worry about having their accounts shut down, uh, regardless of what they say. They don't have to do anything wrong. They don't have to incite violence. They don't have to say anything wrong, do anything wrong. But the left can do things like that, can make threats, incite violence without any consequences. You know, the, the Democrats are devolving into a, an out-in-the-open socialist party rather than trying to hide it the way they used to. I mean, let's be honest, the, the Democrats have always been socialists. <laughs> they just used to hide it. They're just not trying to hide it anymore. You know, at the same time, although the country is doing incredibly well since the president took office, in certain Democrat-run areas where we're descending into... Uh, Maxine Waters' vision for America. Uh, I'm sure you guys all remember when Maxine Waters said this to a group of her supporters. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Already, you 
have members of your cabinet uh, that have been booed out of restaurants. Who have protesters taking up at their house. Who saying no peace, no sleep. No peace, no sleep. And guess what? We're going to win this battle because while you try and quote the Bible, Jeff Sessions and others, you really don't know the Bible. God is on our side. And so let's save the course. Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And I want to tell you, for these members of his cabinet who remain and try to defend him, they're not going to be able to go to a restaurant. They're not going to be able to stop at a gas station. They're not going to be able to shop at a department store. The people are going to turn on them. They're going to protest. They're going to uh, absolutely harass them until they decide that they're going to tell the president, no, I can't hang with you. This is wrong. This is uncomfortable. We can't keep doing this to children. So, <laughs> the American people, I, I don't think this was in that clip, um, but the American people have put up with this president long enough. What more do we need to see? What more lies do we need to hear? Um, listen, Maxine Waters, uh, Donald Trump is absolutely, without a doubt, the most transparent president in history so I'm not quite sure what she's talking about and yeah we've put up with this president for just about two years now and we've seen incredible things happen we've seen the economy come roaring back we have seen the lowest unemployment rate in years, the highest job participation rate in years, black unemployment rate, lowest in history, uh, Hispanic un uh, unemployment rate, lowest in history, uh, female women's unemployment rate, lowest in like 63 years. It's the uh, last quarter GDP hit 4.1. The All the... The economists were saying we, we weren't going to go higher than 2% when Obama was in office. I mean, it's incredible the things that Trump has done. He's brought back thousands and thousands of new jobs. Companies are coming back and building new factories in the United States. He's epic tax cuts. Neil Gorsuch is is, uh, is on the Supreme Court. He's, he's nominated. He nominated Brett Kavanaugh. The Democrats are trying to obstruct and trying to fight that, but he's going to get confirmed. So I don't. I'm not quite sure what what Maxine Waters is talking about. She just she just wants. She's rooting against America because she's rooting against Trump. You know, and then I mean. For her to say, you know, if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, a gasoline station, get out and create a crowd and push back on them, 
We have protesters taking up at their houses and yelling, no sleep, no peace. So in other words, harass them, which is exactly what she said when she doubled, doubled and then tripled down on her statement on MSNBC. She said, in, in her exact words, absolutely harass them when talking about President Trump's cabinet. If you see them out anywhere, absolutely harass them until the president's cabinet members leave. And, you know, her supporters have listened. Public figures, it's not just Trump's cabinet members. It's other conservative public figures and Trump's cabinet members and GOP congressmen have been getting harassed. Uh, for example, just this week, I mean, they're not cabinet members, but uh, Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA, which is a conservative pro-Trump nonprofit uh, organization. Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk, they were confronted by a, a large group of Antifa protesters while they were, they were just trying to enjoy breakfast at um, this place called uh, Green Eggs Cafe in Philadelphia on Monday morning. So... This is from The Independent. It says, um, the pair barely had time to peruse the menu before people, apparently demonstrators, started jeering at them from other tables. Uh, the cafe's manager, Malik Joe, told the Washington Post. Um, they could see a large group of protesters approaching the restaurant, flanked by police. Uh, the restaurant manager said that uh, at first I thought it was a vegan protest because he was unaware of the controversy that surrounded uh, Charlie Kirk and Candace Owens. He said that the the protesters were screaming at one guy sitting in the window, uh, sitting in the window, and I looked and he was laughing. That would have been Charlie Kirk. <laughs> it's funny that he was laughing. Um. He said that they were screaming white supremacist, white supremacist and something about immigrants. He said that the protesters also flung food and objects. So uh, Candace Owens pulled out her phone and she tweeted, uh, including the moment when one of the demonstrators dumped a cup of something onto Charlie Kirk's head, which is assault. If you, if you dump something, you dump a cup of something onto somebody else that is considered assault. Um, <clears throat> so Candace Owens tweeted, Charlie Kirk and I just got attacked and protested by Antifa for eating breakfast. And then a short time later tweeted, they are currently following us through Philly, all black and Hispanic police force protecting us as they scream. And then Charlie Kirk said that the incident was a direct result of Maxine Waters' call for public harassment of Trump administration officials. He tweeted, uh, we were peacefully eating breakfast this morning. Within 20 minutes, Antifa mobilized a protest, started screaming at us, attacked us, and threatened death against us. This is the face of the Democrats. Conservatives aren't safe. At Rep. Maxine Waters called for this. And this is just the latest we've seen in a growing trend of the animus, violence, assault, and harassment by those on the left. You know, like I said, we've seen more of this. 
it's it's a growing trend. Kirsten Nielsen, Secretary of Homeland Security, she was out eating uh, lunch, I believe, at a Mexican restaurant. Prote uh, protesters swarmed into the restaurant, um, yelling shame, as if they were a group of the faith militant from Game of Thrones. Um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was out to dinner with her family, her children, and in-laws. Um, she was refused service at the Red Hen in Virginia. Um, Sarah, her husband, and children left and went home, but her in-laws and the rest of the family decided to go across the street to another establishment. Um, the owner of the Red Hen called other protesters and followed the family, not Sarah Huckabee Sanders or her husband or children, followed Sarah Huckabee Sanders' in-laws across the street to another establishment and started yelling outside, protesting outside. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is the first press secretary ever to need Secret Service protection. That says something. That tells you how severe of a, how dire of a situation this is. How insane and unhinged the left has become. Uh, Stephen Miller, who's a political advisor to President Trump, was also yelled at uh, at a restaurant. Um, they screamed fascist. He had to throw away um, some seafood or... Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was. It was some kind of seafood. Um, it was two nights before Secretary Nielsen was accosted at, at the restaurant that she was at. Um, and then protesters gathered outside of Stephen Miller's house and were yelling and protesting, screaming, no peace, no sleep. Scott Pruitt, former EPA secretary who resigned because he was getting threats, he was yelled at in a restaurant by a, a woman who was clearly unhinged. This woman was screaming at Scott Pruitt while holding an infant child. Protesters showed up outside Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's house and harassed him. And of course, we all know what happened with Steve Scalise, who was shot and nearly died in June of last year while practicing for a charity softball game in Alexandria, Virginia, with 24 other Republican congressmen. Um, not only was he shot, but... Um, Crystal Grenier, who is a Capitol Police officer, uh, congressional aide Zach Barth, and um, Matt Micah, who is uh, a Tyson Foods lobbyist. They were also shot that day. I'm not going to mention the man's name because I'm not going to give him any publicity. I hate when... Anyone mentions the shooter's names or puts up their pictures because that's what they want. So, 
I will not do that. And Rand Paul, Rand Paul was assaulted by his neighbor, and that was also politically motivated. So, um, you know, all this violence and aggression towards anyone on the right, anyone who's a supporter of the president, anyone who doesn't agree with the left, they're being attacked, they're being shot at, people are getting in their face. I mean, that's, that's only a few examples. That's a small, small sampling. There are tons and tons of other examples that I could have given. But those are only a few that I chose to give. Those were, I'd say, some of the more well-known examples. But there are, there's tons and tons and tons more. It's, it's insanity. And it, like I said, it really shows how unhinged the left has become. How unhinged the Democrats have become. They've descended into anarchy and madness. So we desperately need to keep pressure on our elected officials. But on both sides of the aisle. They need to stand up and, and tell everybody that this violence is unacceptable. Especially the Democrats. Democratic leaders, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi... They need to stand up and say, this is not okay. You can't assault somebody just because you don't agree with them. You don't agree with their political opinions. It's not acceptable. You, political dissent is okay. But you can't devolve into violence and chaos. That's not what America is about. We need to tell our elected officials that they need to act now to protect our First Amendment rights rather than just sit idly, idly by while big tech companies trample all over the free speech of their constituencies. Also, we need to tell them that they must hold their colleagues accountable. We need to tell, really the only ones that, are li that will listen is the members of the Freedom Caucus, I feel, in my honest opinion. Jim Jordan, Devin Nunes, uh, Mark Meadows, those guys. I mean, you know who they are. We, know, we all know who they are, who the members of Congress are who are listening. The ones who are actually taking action. We need to stay up their ass and make sure that they continue to hold their colleagues accountable. Like Maxine Waters and Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell, Pelosi and Schumer. I'm not going to name them all because it's all of the Democrats. They all need to be held accountable.
And so do the so do the Rhino Republicans. There's a small there's only a small handful of Republicans who are actually doing their job. So I'd like to thank all of you for listening to the first episode of the Truth Storm, where truth is the storm and you can't escape it. So please follow me on Twitter at Steve Murphy 921. My backup is at Mass Hole MAGA at M-A-S-S Hole MAGA. I'm also on Gab. That's at Steve Murphy 0921. Um, if you enjoy listening to my podcast and like watching my videos, uh, I hope you'll enjoy my writing. Uh, my writing can be found on Medium. That website is medium.com slash at deplorable Bostonian, one word. Um, you can also, you can find me on YouTube. For now, it's still Deplorable Bostonian. Like I said, I'm in the process of rebranding and renaming. So for now, if you just go to YouTube and type in Deplorable Bostonian, uh, two words, Deplorable Bostonian, type that into the search bar, I'll pop up. Um, so once I rename and rebrand, I'll let you guys know once that's all set and once it's changed. Um, you guys can also find me on Facebook. You can guys head on over and like my Facebook page. You can find that facebook.com slash deplorable Bostonian, or you can just search for deplorable Bostonian on Facebook. Um, if you like what I, if you like what I do, if you enjoy listening to me talk, watch, I don't know why you would, <laughs> uh, if you enjoy watching my videos or reading my writing, if you want to help support my work, um, it's, it's not easy to, to keep this stuff going where, you know, conservatives, libertarians, pro Trump guys, we're, we're really starting to be crushed and squeezed. So, um, if you want to help and support anything helps, no matter how small you can donate at patreon.com, it's patreon.com slash deplorable Bostonian or at PayPal, which is paypal.me slash deplorable Bostonian. And if you do that, thank you very much in advance. No, no amount goes unnoticed or unappreciated. Uh, like I said, no matter how big, no matter how small, believe me, um, it, it's, it's more appreciated than you could ever know. Um, it, it is getting more difficult to do this type of work with each passing day. Um, like I just said, all conservatives on social media platforms deal with uh, immense sense, uh, immense amounts of censorship and all kinds of disadvantages just because of our political opinions. So thanks again for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the show. I haven't exactly decided what the show schedule is going to be yet, but if you follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, I'll keep you posted there, or you can just check back here. Until next time, guys, enjoy your families, enjoy your kids, continue to enjoy the tail end of the summer, and I will talk to you guys soon.